Welcome to the Parents Plus Podcast, where we help parents become better parents one episode at a time. So my name is Roland, and I'm hanging out with Anne, and we're talking about technology again. And today's topic is going to be parents plus cell phone balance equals healthy outcomes. So just a heads up for you parents, if you have kids in the car... You might want to pause this episode, put an earbud in, or listen to it another time. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a second to do that if you need to, because we're going to be covering some kind of, I guess you could say, racier material in some of this conversation. All right. So for the parents that did that, if you're still hanging in there, so here's what we're talking about when it comes to cell phones is, yes, we're talking about cell phone balance and we're talking about healthy outcomes, but we're also going to be talking about texting, sexting, kids' behavior, and kids becoming zombies when it comes to cell phone usage. So Anne, how's it going? It's going. How are you? Doing good. So (laughs) the first bit of data that we have to cover is going to be with this question. So what are things parents need to be aware of when it comes to cell phones? So this is an uncomfortable one, but we're just going to dive right in. So in 2007, the average age a child saw porn was 16. Now it's nine, nine years old. It's crazy. Is the average age a child is viewing their first pornographic video. Yeah. So when we were talking about technology in our previous episode, if you haven't if you haven't listened to it, go back to it because when we talk about having a strategy, setting boundaries, it's because of stuff like this. And there's two tracks that usually people go with, and at least this is what I've experienced from operating in a student ministry role and talking to other parents in our community has been there's one set of parents that say we're going to shelter them. We're going to make sure to kind of put a thumb on them. We're not going to let them be exposed to anything. And we're going to make sure that they don't don't get exposed to anything. And is that realistic? No, that's not realistic at all. Okay, so what usually ends up happening from your experience of what you've kind of learned over the years? So then you just have a kid who, I mean, much like I'm sure any other kid, even in 2007 did, rebelled from their parents. Friends have devices. If they go sleep over at a friend's house, they have unlocked tablets, you know, the school districts like to tell you that those laptops are completely and totally locked up. They're not. There's ways to get around those things. So locking your kids up entirely and, um, you know, there's a difference between keeping them analog and not giving them a device and giving them a device, but locking them out of everything. So if they have a device, they're going to try their best to find a way around it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't lock things up and you don't make those measures, but you need to have conversations Mm -hmm. and be honest about what you're doing. Like we talked about in the last episode, print the stuff out, show them like, this is why we're cautious. This is why we want you to be careful. This is, this is what's common. Nine-year-olds are seeing porn and that's not appropriate. Yeah. It wasn't appropriate at 16 in 2007, but it seems to be less of a shocking age for people. Yeah. And so like with our kids, when we had those conversations, we're like, Hey, there's like grown up material that's out there. That's completely inappropriate. And here's the reason is because in as, as followers of Christ, we're like, Hey, God intended marriage to look like this, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but not for it to be distributed and displayed like this. And they're like, Oh my gosh. And, and there's a sad part of it because especially when they were going into middle school, because we have a sixth and seventh grader, it's just the fact that they're like, you're, people are like, oh, you're exposing them. No, we didn't show them anything right. explicit, but we had the conversation of, do you remember in fifth grade when you talked about human anatomy? Okay, well, we talked about how babies are made. Yeah, we remember. Right. Okay, so here's the thing. It's made in this, con- it was designed by God to be in this context. That's what we believe as Christians, right? Right. To, that is designed to be in this context. But here's the thing. 
anything that has been created, like a cell phone, any device, back in the day, if you're really old like me, magazines, newspapers, VHS tapes, they found a way to distribute this material out somehow. But that's not the only thing that we have to worry about when it comes to the healthy phone balance, but that's like the number one thing that seems to be an issue. And it's been like even an issue within the church with Mm -hmm. adult men that I've had conversations with. Now that I'm in the family life pastor role, it's been conversations I've had with teenage boys over the years. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too is, is when it comes to the cell phone usage and the balance of it is just the fact that when it comes to this particular subject, subject when it comes to sex and stuff like that is the fact that because parents are either not having the conversation and just like, we're not going to talk about it. And some of you adults listening to this probably had the family that your parents were, you never talked about this subject matter, right? Like I had a buddy years ago. He's like, I didn't know what to do on my wedding night and trying to figure <laughs> it out. And so he's like, obviously cell phones weren't a thing. They weren't right. even invented yet. But the thing is, is he was like, at this point now, if I was completely locked up and sheltered and once I got cut loose as an adult, I would just start trying to figure out, okay, what did I miss out on in order to play catch up? Right. But at the same time, I think the other part of it is the fact that you've had, I've had parents where they're like, we're just going to expose them and just give them an open phone with no boundaries and no safety, whatever. And they'll figure it out as they go. I mean, they they can, but the results to get there is probably not the best solution that you're looking. It's not looking for the end result that you're looking for. So basically what they're doing is they're handing them an endless pulse of information right. in their hands that there's no kind of um, stop, no kind of breaks. You know, I mean, they're, they're young adults, they're teenagers, you know, nine years old is not even a teenager. They have no development in their brain to go, Oh, I have to stop. Oh, this is too much. Oh, I've seen too much. And what we're finding with pornography in children is that it's creating shame in both males and females Mm -hmm. because it makes the females, uh, it makes young men think that at all times females are submissive. Mm -hmm. So when they do grow up and they get married and they're on their wedding night, they have unrealistic expectation of what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And for um, girls, it's just degrading. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of ways. And so if they view it before their marriage night, they have an unrealistic expectation. Um, and so it's really just trying to, I mean, I don't want to say we're setting them up for their wedding night, but we also want to set them up for success and have those honest conversations. My mom was the one that her mother did not talk about it. It was not brought up. And so I was blessed that when I was 12, my mom was like, all right, Let's have this convo. And I wanted to be anywhere else but there. I wanted to crawl out of my skin at 12 years old. Yeah. But it didn't give me an unrealistic expectation of things. Right. Um, but really the point is you don't want to just hand your kids a complete, a complete box of just unlimited information. Not even just from a pornography front, front from any kind of information front. You know, um, we talked a lot um, before about how it develops their behavior you know, we said in the last episode, their frontal lobe is not developed until 25. So what else are they seeing that maybe isn't pornography, other graphic violent images mm-hmm. that you've just handed them a Pandora's box to? Yeah, and for, for some parents that are listening to this, they're like, well, I got a toddler. I don't have to worry about this for years. And the thing I'm going to encourage you is like, you need to have a plan. Yeah. And you parents have to be on the same page. And even in some cases, even grandparents and other family members, because of the fact 
that not like you all have an intervention with the child and like talk to them at two and be like, <laughs> let me tell you about this. No, but it's the fact that because they're going to like when my kids go to my parents' house, they know that there's boundaries and there's lines. There's things right. that they can watch and can't watch. If they go to somebody else's house. But but we even kind of limit on kind of our circles and our spheres. And we right. do that just as a strategic model, because even for uh, some of, you know, because like our kids interact and they hang out here at the church right. and stuff like that. And so it's. But we know that, hey, hey, we're aiming towards the same thing. We're trying to raise them in a way where we're having these honest conversations. Right. And so if somebody else were to chime in on the conversation with those other adults, I know they're not going to say anything crazy or be right. like, oh, my gosh, your parents are just completely like don't understand. My daughter's best friend has been in the car, same age as my daughter, 12. And, you know, she's um, had confusions about things, you know, stuff that she hears at public school that, you know, I can't stop that. You're going to hear things at public school. And I have such a good relationship with her mom that we know, I know what the boundaries are, Right. you know, and we're not crossing those boundaries, but we can have an honest conversation. And what's great about that is sometimes she won't ask her mom those questions, but she feels comfortable to come and ask me those questions, knowing I turn around and tell her mom, she's fully aware, but she just doesn't want to talk about that with her mom because it's my mom and like, OMG, she doesn't want to do that. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, we were talking to one of the volunteers here who actually is uh, also a therapist and she was like, this is perfect. This is what parents need. Someone who's on your side on the same team as you, but is sharing information, you know, yeah. in the background. Yeah, because it's really having a community when you're there. And that helps when it comes to healthy outcomes because right. as you're having those conversations, you're able to do that. So when it comes to to go back to the cell phone balance part, mm-hmm. if a parent was out there and they're like, okay, what is out there when it comes to phones? Like right. what can I look for? What names do am I looking for? What brands am I looking for? What are some of the recommendations you have? So my 12-year-old... Um, is from a divorced family. Her father and I are divorced. I'm remarried, and which you probably heard about in the last episode if you listened. Um, so at nine, she wanted to be able to communicate with her father when she was with, with me and with me when she was with her father. So we got her what's called a Trumi phone. Uh, and it was literally just calling and texting, and she could take pictures. And that was it. And what Trumi does is they go through and they vet 35 different apps, but only you can download those apps. She can't download those apps. And so they make sure there's no outside communication with that. It's literally just calling and texting. It's approved um, people to put in her contacts. Gab, G-A-B-B, does the same thing. But if you have an old iPhone or Samsung sitting around at the house and you don't want to buy a different device... You can use one of those as well. iPhones are really great as ha- at having a parent lockdown. Mm-hmm. Samsung doesn't have one innately within Samsung, but you can use what we use. It's called Family Link. It's through Google. And we do the same thing. She's only allowed to have certain apps. You know, um, they you have to do your own research if you're going to use an iPhone or a Samsung on what apps you want to use. Trumi and Gab don't vet those certain things for you. So what I do is I go to Common Sense Media. Uh, It's a website, and it has TV, it has movies, it has apps, all kinds of things that gives you kind of a rating, and as well as comments from other parents Mm. on it about, like, you can read what other parents have experienced with this movie, TV, app, or whatever. Decide if you want to let your kid download that or watch that show. Right. And, like, for us, when it comes to that part of the communication part, which we're going to get into social media in the next episode, is really the piece of... 
if it has anything like for us, if it ha- if it's an app and it has anything to mm-hmm. where you can like communicate with other people, like we shut it down. Oh yeah. Like we've got a gaming system at the house, and even with the gaming system, it's like you're not getting online, you're not talking to anybody online. Yeah. Because of the fact of working with students for so long, there been there's creepy adults oh, yeah. out there, and there's even weird kids that that just try to get information out of your kids, try to get to know your kids and even try to, you know, try to get a hold of them or right. like, hey, let's go meet up somewhere. And well, a lot of people our age still have like that image of the white van pulling up and like yanking a kid into the car. And I'm not saying that doesn't still happen these days, but a lot of times right. it happens through the cell phones in the most least suspecting way. You know, my oldest had a word search app. Mm-hmm. When she first got a phone that was not the Trumi phone, now she's got a regular Samsung. And I didn't think anything of it. And then I realized there was outside communication because she was like, oh, I'm playing uh, a game with this user and, and gave me the username. And I'm like, I'm sorry, who's that? Mm-hmm. And it became, all right, well, you're done with word search, dude. Like, yeah. we're not doing that. Yeah. And even whenever it goes to, even when it comes to that communication, the other thing is it's like texting back and forth. So mm-hmm. like for us on, because my daughter has an old iPhone, we got it locked down. So there, she's only able to text certain people that we approve yep. and we're able to add them to the phone. But the other thing to be aware of, parents, is just even as you're getting into, even if your kid's in elementary school, like the sexting part, people were like, oh, that was so like 10 years ago. And it's still like, happens. it still happens because, and that's where we're going to get into the social media part for it next week when it comes to like Snapchat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for for today, when it comes to just specifically the cell phone, we have to remember, and I have this conversation with teenagers when, when I let the parents know like, hey, we're going to be talking about relationships and stuff like that and give our our student ministry parents a heads up. We haven't done it in a few years, but we were even talking about it like a few weeks ago as we were preparing for this with our student ministry team about talking about this again. And here's the thing we need to remember because we're living in the state of Texas is in the area that we live in, if a child, let's say you have a son or you have a daughter and a boy asks your daughter, hey, could you send me a picture? And she sends it to him. That's distrib- that's distribution of child pornography, mm-hmm. and She's then if that ch- and if that child sends it to their friends, and I'm gonna let you know now, working with students, I am gonna pretty I'm pretty close to 99 percent that boy or that girl if they get a picture of somebody of somebody something, they're gonna send it to somebody else. Yes, and that's the thing about that is that you have people that are texting each other at school, and it's like, oh, well, it's just my friend or whatever, and then at some point. If you're not checking in on their phone, and yes, they'll try to delete their texts and stuff like that, but that's the reason why having those boundaries and having a tighter window versus just letting them just, hey, let me add whoever you want right, is is really important because it's even for us having that conversation. It's like, if anybody ever asks you for a picture, is that really a friend? Right. That is answer's that, no. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, especially with my son, it's like, if you ever ask anybody for a photo that's completely inappropriate. Like, I'm not going to, like, murder you, but you're going to be in such a heap of trouble, like, you're going to wish you never did it. And it's kind of like, and it's not a threat, it's a promise, because I will follow through with it, because we talked about that weeks ago in one of our episodes. You need to follow through if you're going to say you're going to do something. Um, (laughs) But when it comes to that, and uh, so having the conversation, making sure you're up front with your kids, so when it comes to the number one thing that I hear about, which has not doesn't deal with sexting or with pornography, but with our kids being zombies and people saying, oh my gosh, they just look like zombies in front of a device. Right. Why are they looking like zombies? Is it too much screen time? Is it just they're just like frying their brains? Like what's going on? So a lot of them, it's um, a good number of screen time because if you have the TV and a cell phone and maybe, you know, they're um, looking at 
laptops at school. I know our, our middle schoolers are doing that. Um, a lot of it's a lot of screen time. Some of it is just a attention span. My daughter is great is even if Miss Rachel is on, she's just uh, like lost. If the a screen's going, she's lost. And so um, what we do in our home is you can, I've suggested to other people and every ha- family's different, set a schedule, make timers. Like I said in the last episode, I set a timer for myself at home sometimes because right. uh, I can zone out, you know, it's very easy. But what we do a lot of times in our house is we make it a treat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you come in the door, you get one, um, she's 12, but she loves Bluey. It's so funny. You know, she gets a, a Bluey episode, seven minutes, and then you're up, you're doing your homework, you're doing your chores, blah, blah, blah. If you get your stuff done after dinner, you get one episode, maybe two, depending mm-hmm. on how your grades are looking. Um, but otherwise, the TV is, you know, not really accessible to her. And if her grades aren't great, it's never accessible. Yeah. And then when it comes to the opposite of that, or not the opposite of the zombie part, but like when it comes to anxiety, one of the things that I've learned, and I've mentioned this in other episodes, and I don't mind saying this over and over and over again, because I think it's so important, is the fact that you have kids that are on devices for a significant period of time. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is when they start having anxiety issues to counter that, what I've kind of, what we've learned has been not only in our household, but through our student ministry is like when we go to camps, we take their phones. Oh yeah. We have them unplugged. They're outdoors. They're you know feet in the sand, feet on the ground, hiking somewhere, doing something. There's just something with them being outdoors and and unplugged. And even for us adults, it's good for us. I'm not saying to do it on a rainy day or to go climb a mountain right. or something if that's not your thing. But to be able to have that time to unplug because it's really healthy for us to do that. Not only just just so we don't look like zombies in front of a screen, but just even emotionally and to be able to connect with others. And I think that's the other thing too, is when it comes to that cell phone balance, um, a few parents that I've talked to, one of the things that they do is if we're in the car, nobody's on a phone. Like if we're driving to a restaurant and even when we're at the restaurant, everybody's putting their phones up. That is a choice your family can make. Oh yeah. But it's a great investment because then it's like, what are the conversations that you're having? You know, are you doing your highs and you're like, hey, what are our highs and our lows? And once you have a consistent model over time in a way that you're operating in it, then the arguments will come up every once in a while. And it's usually because somebody's like, oh my gosh, like my friend's going to text me a little bit. Guess what? They can wait. You can text them back later. Like it doesn't have to be pressing right now. But for some of our teens, it's like everything needs to be in this moment because they don't know how to just wait. So if you've got younger kids and you're listening to this, you're like, oh, I don't have to worry about it. This is the proactive approach to just start approaching it now. It's going to come sooner than you think. I mean, kids these days are having cell phones at five. Uh, I've I've literally seen five-year-olds walking in here on a Sunday morning with cell phones. And so if your kid isn't already on you, it's it's coming. And the boundaries you set at home with the tablet or um, the TV screen, it's going to come around with the cell phone as well. I mean, anxiety levels are so much higher now than when they were in the 90s and the yeah. early 2000s, even with cell phones in the early 2000s. I mean, kids' anxieties through the roof. And I would also, you know, challenge you to set boundaries with your kids' friends who come into your home. Mm-hmm. I, anyone who comes over, I tell their parents, hey, I don't allow cell phones in bedrooms. Mm-hmm. They're in the living room where if I want to walk by, I can see what they're doing. Yep. And they shouldn't be ashamed for me to see. Yep. And so um, it's caused a couple of my daughter's friends to be like, what? Yep. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And we were talking with uh, with my best friend the other day, and she was talking, and she said uh, one of her 
uh, daughter's friends um, has a what they call cell phone bedtime. Mm. And he's 13. And they have a cell phone bedtime where it's the cell phone's bedtime, but it's not yours. Mm. So you have some time to decompress, chill out, you know, take a shower, do whatever you need to do in the evening. But he's not carrying the cell phone in his hand while he's doing it because the cell phone's gone to bed. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, because that helps them, especially when they transition back to their uh, bedtime stuff. All right. So when it comes to just keeping kids in reality, and what are kind of some of the thoughts you got on that? Well, just assess how much time you're on your devices, how much time your kids are your devices. Try to set up those consistent boundaries. I mean, I single momed it for a couple of years. And although I didn't have a partner at home, you know, I had really good friends who kept an eye on my kids. And if they would, you know, if I had people babysit her, I'd be like, hey, our rules are da 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 you know, whatever it was. Don't let her trick you, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and then figure out a routine. That works for your family. I mean, it works for us for shy, for yeah. my 12-year-old to watch a, uh, a Bluey episode, do her homework, do her chores, and then she gets two episodes of what she wants to watch yeah. in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really good because when you have that. So as we kind of get through our next steps, it's assess how much time you have or how much time you and your kids are on devices, especially mm-hmm. these cell phones who they're interacting with, what are you allowing them to do? You really need to assess and kind of take a whole evaluation of that if you've never done that before, especially if you have middle school or high school students. And then set up consistent boundaries for them uh, and for you. And then just like Ann said, just having that routine because it's it's really these things, it sounds super simple, but they're the hardest things if you haven't established them. And they're great investments as you kind of lead into uh, the future, because the benefit of being an, uh, around the church as long as I have is now I have students that grew up with phones and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and now their parents, and some of them are now in their 30s, so I'm starting to feel super old. But <laughs> but what's amazing, though, has been getting feedback like, hey, your parents did this. How did this work out? And they're like, oh, well, this actually worked. Or, hey, I think my parents later... Because oh, yeah. because of the fact that they protected me, my friends are in therapy or dealing with different stuff, which I'm not opposed to therapy, but because they have like addictions to some of the subject matter we were talking about in the beginning part of the podcast where they're right. dealing with, you know, pornography issues and stuff like that. So if you ever have any questions or anything, uh, just let us know, reach out to us. But we'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Parents Plus. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify and share this podcast with others. Uh, you can find additional resources on our webpage, gateway.cc backslash Parents Plus. And Anne's going to have some stuff on when it comes to that cell phone stuff that we're going to add to that. So God bless you and your family and have a good one. Talk to you later.